und herzlich willkommen bei Multilingual Stories. Mein Name ist Dr. Bettina Gruber und ich bin die Linguistin. Ich unterstütze voller Begeisterung mehrsprachige Familien mit Herz und Verstand auf ihrem individuellen Weg, damit ihre Kinder alle Familiensprachen erfolgreich und mit Leichtigkeit lernen können. In meinem Podcast bekommst du sehr persönliche Geschichten von Mehrsprachigkeit aus der ganzen Welt zu hören. Lehn dich zurück und lass dich inspirieren. Welcome to today's episode of Multilingual Stories. Today's guest is Ina Figotina. We just discussed her name in detail, and I'm sure she'll tell us in a minute why and um, what's going on with her name and how to pronounce it correctly. Hi, Ina. It's so nice to have you in my podcast. Hello. Thank you so much for inviting me to speak with you today. Um, so like uh, like you said, um, My name is Ina Figotina, but um, uh, I, I typically go by Figotina because I find that it's easier for um, especially people uh, in Canada, that is where I live, to mm -hmm. pronounce it as Figotina. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love that. And I love that it rhymes. <laughs> And you did write a children's book, so that also, you know, that goes well with the rhyme. Um, But so where does the pronunciation come from originally? What's your background? What, where are your roots? Uh, so I'm Russian. I was born in Moscow, Russia, and I immigrated to Canada when I was seven years old. Mm -hmm. um, and I've lived in Canada for over 20 years. And uh, my book uh, that you mentioned is all about my journey to becoming trilingual. So I speak three languages, Russian, English, and French. Mm -hmm. Tell us about your journey. So you grew up monolingually the first seven years, is that correct? Yes. So yeah, right. what do you remember about coming to Canada? So before I immigrated to Canada, um, I faced my first uh, challenge during my language learning journey when I was learning my mother tongue, which was Russian. Um, so when I was born, I had a brain hemorrhage. And uh, it impacted uh, my speech development as a child. So uh, when I was learning Russian, I really struggled with my speech. And um, uh, my parents took me to a speech language pathologist who helped me to overcome my challenges um, when speaking Russian. And this is something that I mentioned in the book um, because uh, this is not uh, widely discussed. Um, because I feel like there is uh, perhaps a stigma that exists about um, seeking help in particular, um, particularly in, um, in terms of uh, speech development. And uh, I think that it is so important to, um, to, ha to have this early intervention at an early age. I believe I was four years old when we started with the speech language pathologist. And even though I was young, I remember, um, I think about my sessions, I still remember the sessions that I had with her. Um, and I think of her fondly because I remember I really enjoyed having the sessions, even though it was frustrating um, going through doing the exercises. For example, I really struggled rolling my R's. And in Russian, um, the letter, um, 
are, <laughs> uh, is, uh, is you, you have to roll your tongue in order to correctly pronounce it. And I wasn't able to do that. So we would be doing exercises to help me, um, uh, to help me be able to do that. And um, so even though it was challenging and frustrating when I couldn't roll uh, my R's, um, I, I, I still remember, though, that I, I enjoyed the time that um, I had the sessions with the speech language pathologist. And I, I still remember that first time when I was successful and I was able to, to do yeah. it. I just felt this overwhelming um, sense of pride and joy because I had worked so hard to uh, with the specialists to, to be able to do it. So, and they knew for sure that this was connected to your brain hemorrhage? Yes. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, because you mentioned early intervention, there's something I would like to say in this case, um, or I, I feel like I need to add um, if people are listening. So, you know, there's many reasons why people uh, may seek um, a speech language uh, therapist or pathologist. Um, and four years is not really early intervention anymore, right? That's that's rather late actually already. Although with the particular challenge that you had, you know, it's perfect. It's a, it's a great time to do that. But, you know, in, in case you're listening right now and your child does experience challenges um, with the speech development, do not hesitate to contact professionals earlier than that because early intervention can start as early as two years old. Um, they can even work with children younger than two years, but usually they start around the age where children actually start talking um, around two years of age. So if you listen to this and you think, you know, uh, you were struggling or you're wondering whether you should or shouldn't, you know, just go and do it and have your kid checked out, even if your kid is as young as two years old, maybe. Um, because, you know, in the best case scenario, they send you home and say, you know, everything's fine, don't worry. Um, and otherwise they can help you. And, the, and as you mentioned, Ina, the sooner you intervene, the better long-term um, at the end of the day, right? Absolutely. And at the time that I started uh, with the speech language pathologist, uh, there were no plans for us to immigrate. Mm -hmm. uh, and um, although I, I was uh, intended to start in an English immersion school, so I would be learning English as my second language, Originally, the plan was for me to study it in Moscow as my second language. Uh, but um, after, um, after a few years, uh, our family plans changed and my parents decided to immigrate to Toronto, Canada. That is where I, I live to this day. And um, so I would um, unknowingly, I would be um, I would be learning English as my second language, but I would be learning it. Um, immersed in an Anglophone speaking community in Toronto. Um, and then not only would I be learning English as my second language, I would also start learning French as my third language uh, at the same time, because um, I'm not sure if, uh, if you knew, but in Canada, we have two official languages and it is mandatory for children to learn French um, in school. Uh, so um, Shortly after I immigrated, I started learning English right away. And then about six months later, um, French started for me at school as well. So 
Um, it was uh, quite a challenge uh, that I faced, not only with the immigration and starting life uh, over in a completely different uh, country and on a different continent, um, but also in terms of um, this uh, language acquisition that I had to do uh, at the same time. What was the biggest challenge for you that you remember having? Uh, the biggest challenge, I would say, uh, was not having anyone in my family speak, speak English uh, or French. Mm -hmm. So um, I, I really, um, it was really up to my teachers um, and uh, additional supports that my parents got for me um, to, to guide me and to help me because although um, my mom went to an English immersion school in Moscow when uh, she was a child, so she learned, although she learned British English, mm -hmm. um, so she, she did know English, but she uh, wasn't, um, she wasn't very fluent And uh, my dad did not speak English at all. And nobody in my family speaks French, even to this day. To this day. <laughs> so um, I'm the only trilingual person in the family. And I do want to mention, I have a very small family. I'm an only child. And it's just my parents and I. Um, so I would say that was my biggest challenge. Although my parents were extremely supportive of um, me learning Uh, all of these languages. They hired me a wonderful tutor uh, who I was with for five years, um, who supported me um, at the same time that I was learning uh, French at school. Um, and uh, I decided that I wanted to be a French teacher at a young age. And my parents were very supportive of that as well. They could see how much I loved learning languages and that I had a passion for teaching and, and helping others um, in French class. So Uh, although they were extremely supportive, they could not support me in the actual language learning um, journey because they did not know the language themselves. So on I the other side, I mean, the upside of the whole story and, you know, it, you know, I and most people would not even have recommended your, your parents speaking English or French with you had they known it unless it were one of their actual um, languages, right? Um, the absolute upside of the whole story is that your Russian must still be fluent. Yes, I am still fluent in Russian. And I have to say the, the order that I learned the languages, so first it was Russian, then English, then French, that also really helped me in my language learning journey because Russian um, has a lot of similarities to French, mm -hmm. uh, in particular with the grammar. Mm -hmm. um, and English and French have a lot of similarities as well. Uh, the alphabet, a lot of the vocabulary. So uh, the order in which I learned the language has really helped me. Um, and, uh, and But yes, I do speak Russian fluently. I can read and write in Russian as well. When did you learn that? Where did you learn I learned it uh, in Moscow. So in Russia seven still. Years, mm -hmm. The seven years that I lived there, yeah. yeah. All right. And it has helped uh, that my parents yes, are fluent in Russian, so we continue to speak Russian um, so that I don't forget. Because <laughs> if you don't use it, you lose it. It's very true what they say. Yes. So... Um, to a slightly more serious topic, but um, I've had this, I had this issue with clients in Europe, Russian speaking clients in Europe, 
who um, found it difficult after the war started um, in the Ukraine, they found it difficult to speak Russian with their children on the streets because um, they were facing quite a few or were also afraid of um, discrimination and, um, yeah, um, you know, being looked at and being judged. Did you experience anything like that in Toronto as well? Uh, so when I immigrated to Toronto, no, now, no, no, now, no, no, now, now, yeah. Um, personally, I haven't experienced this um, in Toronto, uh, but um, I, I could see why, um, why. This right. So this hasn't person. affected you, all right. But no, no, not me personally. Okay, that's great. Yeah, I, you know, I work with a lot of parents and then, you know, they want to pass on Russian to their children and then they are hesitant. Um, and they started, you know, I started getting a lot of messages all of a sudden of uh, Russian parents um, in Europe asking me, you know, what am I going to do now? Can I still speak Russian with my child? Um, so I was curious how you experienced that over the past few months, basically. It's not been that long. Um but I'm glad to hear that you did not face any of these issues. Um, so you're a teacher, you're a French teacher. Um, who do you teach? I teach elementary uh, age children. So this year I'm teaching grade four and five. Mm-hmm. So they are nine, 10 years old, but um, I have taught all the way uh, up to grade eight. Um, so that would be around 14 years. And um and I really love what I do. I love teaching French. And um, um, you can see that um, uh, clearly, if I, cho- if I chose to, uh, to be a French teacher, I have a, I have a real uh, love for the language. And I'm, I, I love sharing uh, this, this love for the French language with my students. Cool. So tell us about your book. You wrote a book as part of your master's thesis, if I understand correctly. Did you know that I also offer one-on-one consultations and packages in English? If you are currently facing challenges in your multilingual family life, or if you simply don't know how to best include all your languages, just send me an email and tell me about your struggles. I promise you, you can overcome whatever hurdles you are facing. Just drop me a line and I will personally get back to you. I look forward to hearing from you. Yes, that's right. Uh, So I uh, completed my Master of Education in Modern Languages Education as part of a French cohort with the University of British Columbia. And I finished the program in December 2020, and that is when my book was published. So I published a bilingual children's book, Celebrating Multilingualism. Mm -hmm. Um, And the story is about my journey of how I became trilingual. And the book is written in both English and French, and it rhymes in both languages. Wow. um, How did you do that? I would I would say that the most challenging part of writing my book was to make it rhyme in French as well as in English, because I wanted to keep the level of the vocabulary basic enough for students learning French as their second or third language uh, to understand it, but also um, to make sure that uh, the story does rhyme in French as well. 
And um, I'm, I'm very proud of the fact that um, I was able to do that. Because you and should be. Yeah. <laughs> thank you. And um, the reason that I chose to, uh, to do this as my thesis project for my master's was because as a French teacher, I had trouble finding resources um, for my students, in particular for my immigrant students or mm-hmm. my students who came from immigrant families that represented them and that talked about uh, the journey of learning a new language and not just the positives that occur during this journey, but also uh, the perseverance that is needed to overcome all of the challenges. Mm -hmm. And as someone who has faced uh, several challenges throughout her language learning journey, I wanted to write uh, this autobiographical children's book. And the reason that I wrote it in both English and French is because This book is a celebration of second language acquisition, which is why I wrote it in my second languages. Amazing. Are there any plans for other language combinations? Not at this time, uh, but uh, perhaps in the future I will will do that. So where is the book available? The book is available on Amazon Mm -hmm. and... um, it is also available worldwide at um, your online, uh, your favorite online bookstore. Amazing. That's really cool. What is it called? It is called Trilingual Me, Moi Trilingue. Beautiful. Beautiful. Congratulations on that book. Um, so what's the age group? What's the target group? What, what would you say? So because the book is bilingual, so it could be read um, any, uh, for, by children anywhere from ages 4 up to 12, um, depending on uh, where they are in their language learning process. So um, this is a great book to do as a read aloud in the classroom uh, and also for multilingual families to have it on their bookshelves uh, at home to share it um, as an inspirational story of language learning with their children who they're raising to be multilingual. Amazing. Yeah, that's really nice. Um, I see the book. So whoever's watching the video, and if you're not watching the video, you know, you can find it on YouTube and then you can check out the book in the background. But we will, of course, uh, share a link in the show notes of the podcast. So if you're interested in the book, um, just follow the link and you can see all the details. Amazing. Ina, is there anything that you would still like to share about your journey? Anything that you experienced that you think might be interesting to Um, Our listeners, anything I haven't asked yet? Uh, I would like to share that uh, based on uh, what I went through, uh, despite all of the challenges uh, that you might face uh, when raising your child to be multilingual, with perseverance and uh, a positive mindset, it can be done. This is coming from someone who had trouble learning her first language and now I am trilingual and I am a, a teacher teaching in my third language and a bilingual children's author. So um, despite how frustrating the journey can be, um, it can be successful if you persevere. That's perfect. Absolutely perfect. I always say, you know, if I were asked, if I were allowed to only share one single Um, advice for parents you know the one single advice I'd give would be never quit just do not stop 
talking, speaking, celebrating your language, including your culture, just never stop. Um, so yeah, that, that aligns very well with what you just said. That's beautiful. Thank you so much for your time today, Ina. And I wish you all the best for your book. And I hope that many people will now click on the link and check it out. Thank you so much. You're welcome. It was a pleasure.